0: Got in water to wake me To the morning my woman in love And tall pine trees are pointing us Easily to heaven above Blue spruce flaming on the great in the evening Takes the chill away fine Cut the telephone line and the story's the same there's a worn red chair by the window that we found at a sale down the way when some old women said that they needed more room for the winter. But people like pulling out the stuff and when they sit down, so it passes the time.
1: Cut the telephone
0: line, the story's the same. Start to flutter when I hear you say That you feel too good to go away and you make me feel fine And you've made my world a warmer place By the sparkling of your diamond face On a frayed spot with a little lace. And you make me feel fine Warm as a mountain sunshine On the air do the snow Oh, little Jennifer, I'd give a penny for what you've got on your mind. It seems like most of the time you're lying there dreaming. In your vision, you see how our mission is Slightly less
2: than divine you cut the telephone line The is the same Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. We are powered by Dupree Financial Group and here's our host, Tom Dupree.
1: Well, this song is by uh, the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. This, this show's being recorded Thursday afternoon and they rescheduled their show for tonight September 14th and I will be in attendance. Uh they've been around for 50 plus years and uh you know they just continue because people like their songs and, and their music and it's it's sort of timeless. That's the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. A great album that <laughs> was made in about 1971 was an album called Will the Circle Be Unbroken. And they recorded it in Nashville. They pulled in quite a few country artists of the day. Roy Acuff, uh, Earl Scruggs, Doc Watson, uh, and different others and you know it was a it, it was a groundbreaking album. It was a two album set. I happened to see a copy of it at a place where I drink coffee. I may have to try to buy it from. Me. Anyway. Okay, that's the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, Psalm 25, King James version. Folks, this is a psalm that I always overlooked it. It's not one of the ones you hear about. It's not Psalm 23, it's not Psalm 51, it's not Psalm 61. It's not in the 30s. It's Psalm 25. It does somewhat get overlooked, but at the same time I hear lines from it quoted in other Christian literature. Psalm 25, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. What does ashamed mean in that sense? it means left empty-handed it means totally defeated with no recourse it means having trusted in god and being and having been hung out to dry as if one's trust in god had been futile the idea being if the people of god are ashamed then god himself has to be ashamed because he didn't come to the aid of his people. Verse four, show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. In other words, I don't just go to church on Sunday. I'm trusting and praying to God throughout the day, leaning, waiting on him. Most of what we do and what I do in the Christian life is waiting Praying and waiting, waiting for things to be fulfilled, waiting for things to happen. Strangely, in this life, when something does get fulfilled, that doesn't mean you're in nirvana now. It's just another step along the path. There will be more problems. Sometimes solutions to problems bring up more problems. So this is not a a looking to get out of things. It's looking to be able to walk through them. Verse 6, remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindness, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. How many of us would rather not have things we did in the past brought up to us, thrown up to us? This is asking God, wipe my slate clean. Wipe my slate clean. Not so I can go back and do it again, but so I can get better. So I can move forward and do the right thing next time. 8, verse 8, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment and the meek will he teach his way. For me to be guidable, for me to be teachable, I have got to be humble. I cannot think I know the answer. I can't have somebody give me a couple of words and say, yeah, 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 I got it from here. I got to be willing to listen. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. Do we see that happening now? Well, not yet. I want to talk about an article that... uh, is in the Wall Street Journal. There's a guy named Daniel Henninger who writes for the Wall Street Journal. And, you know, I like this guy. I've been reading him for years. I'm going to read this article. It's about two and a half pages long. Bear with me. It'll probably take me four and a half minutes to read it. But then, after I've read it, I'm going to talk about some things in it because this guy puts it better than I could. The article which rolled up September 13th, which is yesterday, which when you hear this, it'll be three days ago. It's called, it's in the Wall Street Journal. The Democrats have demoted personal responsibility. Okay, let me start reading it. There is a school of thought in Republican circles that the culture wars or wokeness is a losing proposition for the party's presidential candidates. They should stick instead to Joe Biden's most poll-evident liabilities, the economy and personal competence. The argument against elevating the culture wars comes down to two issues, abortion and gender ideology. The parter's voting problems with settling on broadly Acceptable abortion limitations are evident. Gender ideology, such as the DeSantis-Disney dispute, is considered too hot-button, though the rise of the so-called Parents' Right movement over gender preference notification looks like a problem for Democrats. I think it would be a mistake for Republican candidates to stop talking about the culture. Suddenly, the Democratic Party appears vulnerable on what is or used to be one of the fundamentals of American life, personal responsibility. Because parents pass it along, most people understand what personal responsibility is. But increasingly, that is no longer true. Intentionally or not, recent Democrat policies are weakening the habit of personal responsibility. Chuck Schumer issued a statement just before Labor Day in support of federal decriminalization of marijuana. This was in the week that players and spectators at the U.S. Open tennis complained of being overwhelmed by the smell of marijuana at the event, as is true everywhere in New York City now. Though many states have legalized marijuana, one senses a growing ease among the public that this movement isn't totally harmless. Yeah, and and if you don't think it isn't, just look at what they're starting to do in Colorado to try to roll it back. The Biden administration and Senator Schumer are blowing past those concerns. Schumer's statement was specifically about a step just taken by the Health and Human Services Department at Biden's request toward all but eliminating federal responsibil- federal penalties for marijuana possession. Commenting at the White House, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, in a tortured statement even by her standards, claimed that the decriminalization issue will be guided by the evidence. But will it? In the same week as this announcement, Columbia University Health researchers released a study that found significantly elevated levels of lead and cadmium in the urine of marijuana users. The reason, they explain, is that the cannabis plant is a known hyperaccumulator of many metals naturally found in soil. The authors warn, because marijuana is relatively unregulated, In an industry experiencing exponential growth, there is a need to understand contaminant exposures, including metals associated with marijuana use. Making it easier for people to pump lead and cadmium into their brains doesn't seem like a good idea. But the chance any such science-based evidence will alter the Biden-Schumer goal of no- normalizing marijuana use is zero. That's what's troubling about recent Democrat social policy decisions. The downside consequences seem irrelevant to them at the state level. They weakened penalties for shoplifting as with marijuana legalization. This is justified in part to reduce racial disparities in arrests, but the, uh, Result has been an epidemic of violent store robberies. The New York Post reported this week about a bar owner on Manhattan's Upper West Side who was told by an underage thief, the police can't arrest me. I'm just a kid. It's striking there was no provision in these decriminalizations for the possibility of misbehavior one is left to conclude that this was a conscious, deliberate demotion of personal responsibility. Is there a bigger policy initiative in the Biden administration than the elimination of student debt? This policy is manifestly aimed at locking up the Biden vote among recent college graduates, but it implicitly legitimizes the instinct instinct to shirk a personal obligation. The Biden open border policy has let millions jump the immigration line, signaling that anyone waiting in the real line for years is a chump. Earlier this year, congressional Democrats opposed work requirements in welfare programs for able bodied adults under 50 without children. Why work? Gallup's August poll said 79% are dissatisfied with the way things are going in the United States. The Biden White House is frustrated it isn't getting more credit for an improving economy. The reality may be that cultural erosion is one reason people are unhappy with the way things are going. Neither Joe Biden nor the Republican frontrunner can talk with much credibility on this subject, but the erosion of personal responsibility is a legitimate voting issue that the other GOP presidential candidates should keep in front of the American people. Okay. As for New York City, as for Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, I cannot comment. I can, however, comment about what's going on here in downtown Lexington and the uh, what I would call disintegration of normal life in downtown Lexington. This afternoon, as I was walking back to the office, a guy flying down the sidewalk nearly knocked me, could have killed me. I mean, on an on a on a bicycle. I mean, he was humming through there and didn't say anything. Just shot past. Uh, as I went past that, I walked over to the uh, courthouse square, uh, the big two courthouses that are on the corner of uh, Main Street and Limestone Street. Basically, there was uh, somebody was essentially camping right there next to the fountain had his sleeping bag or whatever it was and his personal clothes and things there were three or four people shirtless people flying around on bicycles all of which were evidently homeless or looked like it if you go over to the library which is across the street i've been in there and people were shooting up in the bathrooms and our mayor who I wonder if the woman is really all there and the council meeting members who follow her lead, they are just paralyzed, unable to do or say anything as they look and watch and pretend like they don't see what's really happening in this city. I got back to the office, uh, I called 911. I said, you know, it says you guys have signs all over downtown. Report aggressive behavior. Well, I was nearly flattened by a guy on a bicycle. Nice young policeman. Officer Asbury called me. Great, great young man. But what he told me basically is that now he called it new ways of policing. But what the new ways of policing are is no policing. They're not able to do anything. We've got the council watching us with cameras. And I've been in these city council meetings where these more liberal members of the city council grill the police chief over anything perceived to be uh, aggressive actions by officers. So folks, we live in a city now. If something really breaks out, do not feel like you can depend upon the police to strong arm anybody that's doing something wrong. There's an unquiet peace right now as I speak. This won't last. This city is going to have a breakout in violence and at, and because of our mayor and city council, I pr- place the responsibility squarely at their feet. Our police have been allowed to not be prepared at all. Uh, the former mayor, mayoral candidate, David Kloiber, uh, spoke about on this radio show how our mayor, current mayor, Linda Gorton, drug her feet on negotiating with the police Throughout COVID, when they could have been doing things on Zoom, she wouldn't do it, allowed their contract to go unattended to. So now we have huge understaffing in police. There aren't the people. At the same time, the wokeness issue has made policing itself so scrutinized that I think the only reason these guys are doing this job is because they can work 22 years retire and get a pension, you know, so a guy can start in his twenties and retire in his forties and get this nice pension till he dies at age 90, you know, for 22 years of service. That's another thing that's going to tip this city into financial ruin is the growing liability of the police and firemen's pension fund. But back to the article about personal responsibility If you look at downtown Lexington, you realize that this notion of personal responsibility has basically gone away. You have lots of people now who are well-fed. There's places all around this city that feed anybody that walks up. I could eat lunch every day if I wanted to over here at the uh, lighthouse or one of these places, and eat what almost amounts to a restaurant-style meal for free. We don't place any consequences on on not stepping up and uh, and and basically assuming personal responsibility. I
2: think maybe it's also we don't encourage people to take care of themselves. You've been listening what do you to think this? that is? Well, it said just. A little bit differently, but anyway, you are the you are the host of the Tom Dupree well, Show. I mean, I, I,
1: that's I, that's what I just said.
2: And we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. If you'd like to learn how you can make your money work for you, give us a call 859-233-0400. two three three zero four hundred. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more of the Tom Dupree Show. Stay tuned.
1: This is Tom Dupree. What do you know about investing? Perhaps what you know is limited to what you hear on CNBC or read in the Wall Street Journal. You might be surprised to learn that investing can be made a lot simpler than you might imagine. At Dupree Financial Group, it's our aim to make the investment process very clear. If you schedule a complimentary appointment with us to review your retirement investment accounts, We'll describe them for you. Call Dupree Financial Group at 859 Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at www.dupreefinancial.com.
0: Texas, That is was in uh,
3: 11th of September 1886. Come to California in 1906. I didn't have to go to World War One. I. I was too old for World War Two. One good thing that I've always been proud of: I was the youngest in the family, and the rest is all married, and I taking good care of my mother and father as long as they lived. There's a feller up here at the post office one day, he's a petting. I says to him, that dog, you have no idea how smart he is, I just thought I'd tell you. You ain't telling me nothing, I know all about it. Kids would come here, we want to hear old cat sing. In them days, I fooled with him more then. I could just commence this way, I want you to sing now. Do do do. Ooh. Now I have to take the harp and make a sound before you sing, Teddy. Come in. Come on. Come on now. Come on back. Here now. Sit down. Sit down, Teddy. Now here I want you to sing. Sing these folks' song. Sing the old rugged cross. Listen. Chord with this now. Here.
4: No, 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 sing. I knew a man Bojangles and he danced for you In worn-out shoes Silver hair and ragged shirt and baggy pants What?
2: the Tom Dupree Show. We are powered by Dupree Financial Group, and here's our host, Tom Dupree.
1: Well, that's more of the nitty-gritty dirt band.
2: Yeah, please explain that original intro.
1: That's always been a part of the song.
2: Is that right?
1: Yeah. They they didn't play that on the radio, but that was on the album, uh, the intro of the old man. That's supposed to be Mr. Bojangles. I was born in Kaufman County, Texas.
2: The dog singing along was my favorite.
1: uh, Charlie or whatever his name is. And uh, no, it it was a real thing. They recorded that. That was always part of the album. Never, if they played this song on the radio, they never would put that intro on there. But the intro is on the album, it's part of the song. So, it's, it's been on there for a long time. They're playing the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band tonight, which is Thursday, the 14th, at the uh, Opera House. By the time you hear this, it'll be the 16th. Anyway, I want to get back on this thing about personal responsibility. And, you know, I'm going to read also a an excerpt uh, from... A book called "As Bill Sees It: The AA Way of Life," and the Bill uh, is Bill um, Bill Wilson, who is a guy that basically um, built AA. He and he and Doctor Bob and Okay, here we go. How does one accept personal responsibility? Well, it starts with humility. You have to begin to believe that you are not above everybody else, that you have to do your part. Many people believe that they can simply live any way they want to, And somebody is going to clean up after them. I've spent a lot of time being exactly like that in my life. Feeling like there were certain things I simply didn't have to do. But it's not true. This is uh, page 191 of, as Bill sees it, the AA way of life. This is conference approved literature. For Alcoholics Anonymous, the beginning of humility. There are few absolutes inherent in the 12 steps. Most steps are open to interpretation based on the experience and outlook of the individual. Concev- consequently, the individual is free to start the steps at whatever point he can or will. God, as we understand him, may be defined as a power greater Or the higher power. For thousands of members, the AA group has been a higher power in the beginning. This acknowledgment is easy to make if the newcomer knows that most of the members are sober, and he isn't. His admission is the beginning of humility. At least the newcomer is willing to disclaim that he himself is God. Absolutely important. You cannot Be your own God. You cannot be a member of a universe that centers around you. That's the beginning of being able to be a productive human being and to accept personal responsibility as a member of a group or a society or a town or a county or even a class. That's all the start he needs. If following this achievement, he will relax and practice as many of the steps as he can, he is sure to grow spiritually. If you've never read the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, you should read them. Because Bill Wilson himself says in later literature, he wrote the big book, then later there was what was called the 12 and 12, which was 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. And it was a continuation of these ideas. And in the 12 and 12, Bill Wilson says, it is not only for alcoholics that these principles can work. They can work for everybody throughout the world. The idea, one has to start with the admission. That one is effectively powerless to change his or her life for the better, without admitting a form of defeat. And for many people, admitting defeat means admitting I am no—I lo- am not the center of the universe, nor can I be. Many of these people that we see that our government is encouraging to be more and more uh, without personal responsibility, away from personal responsibility. And I know this because I've been one of them at one time. They sit on the throne of their own lives in the center of their own universe. One has to ultimately begin to understand I am an equal among equals. I'm someone among others. And in order to be a member of a society, I have to admit that I have to think about other people also. This is what I see, disrespectful behavior. I see this constantly. Downtown Lexington. I see government officials who really just turn a blind eye, including our mayor. I see policemen who believe in doing it the right way, but basically... It's a good job. It pays good. It's got a nice pension. So they're willing to hang on for as long as they can take it to walk away. So we've lost policing experience. I have advanced the idea that concerned citizens should form some kind of volunteer police force. The city will not sanction us. They won't give us police powers. But what we can do is act as a watchdog for what's really going on and report these things until, if you raise enough hell, Some change gets made. There's got to be some organization take place in this. I've advanced this idea. I've, I've, most, I'll put it this way, most people that are of my age, social class, if you will, they think of ways to get out of Lexington, especially during the wintertime. They've made their money. You know, they're in their 60s. They're ready to move on. Meanwhile, this place is becoming more and more of what I would call a ghetto. Now, that's not, you tell Bob Quick that, and uh, at the uh, uh, Commerce Lexington, they're going to tell, you know, they're going to say you're wrong. Fact is, it's worse than anybody in government will let on. But it can be turned around if we accept responsibility, personal responsibility, corporate responsibility. I'm not as big on. Why? Because then we just point the finger at ourselves. We wallow around in a morass of self-pity, and we go on and do things the way we've always done them. Back to this uh, AA notion. I see because I know people involved in these programs. In these programs, the people that are actually taking responsibility for their own actions, a great change, but it's a small amount of people. It's never any big amount because the way for most people of, of, of taking personal responsibility and doing things the right way, it's too hard for them. It's much easier to blame others to act like you know it's not my problem that's because things aren't quite hard enough yet they will get harder as we go forward the economy is not going to stay where it is forever we'll have downturns Uh, government is going to become more and more intrusive because in the lack where 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 people refuse to take personal responsibility government has to become more dictatorial it has to do it you know the liberals complain oh you know we can't have Trump get in he's he's a fascist he's a dictator Folks, what if it were somebody a whole lot worse than Trump? And I say this to you Democrats, you liberals. What if it were, what if you, through your policies, allow things to get so sloppy and so disorganized in society that a true fascist comes into power? Donald Trump would look like a a kindergarten teacher. By comparison, I mean, what if somebody got enough power that was like Hitler? Because Germany was leveled after World War I, and the people were ready for somebody that would come and cause real change. But it's going to happen because Democrats' policies are so lax personal response but i don't expect the democratic party to suddenly wake up one day and and repent from its sins let me talk a little bit about how personal responsibility has made a difference in my life i've been in the investment business for 45 years doesn't make me a genius doesn't necessarily make me wealthy but i have to have done or tried to do the right thing most of that time in order to stay in the business. Because the business has a way of purging people from itself who are not doing stuff the right way. I always believed that you were responsible for what you said. And this was a code in our business for years. Your word was your bond if you gave your word. And that was your bond. That meant something. That's no longer the case today. Hasn't been for a while. Especially in the management ranks of many of the people in this business. If you're going to have a code of ethics, it has to be your own personal code of ethics. Because in corporate America today, you don't see that sort of concern for ethical dealings. So one has to, you know... What would I to? What would I attribute my longevity in the business? I don't do things that I'm un, that I'm uh, ashamed of, that I feel like I have to hide from somebody else. If somebody wants to come in here and needs to, has a need to do it, uh, like a regulator or somebody like that, I can make almost every really effectively, every nook and cranny of my life, you know, available to somebody, you're welcome to look at it. If you think I did something wrong, great. Maybe I should correct it. If you think I did something right, then you might want to make note of that or not, because I don't need you to validate how I feel about myself. My way I feel about me has nothing to do with what you think of me. That is because I'm comfortable with the fact that I have assumed personal responsibility for my own actions. I don't need you to affirm, good or bad, the things I've done. I don't do well with peer pressure one direction or the other. For me, it's about being guided by an inner light. And I see... These people downtown, I, whenever I see human beings that are not really reaching their potential, I think, what's the what's the possibility here? You know what I see? A lot of it, nothing. I don't see anybody wanting to change. I see people happy with living in their slop, getting free stuff from the government. And these do-gooder Christian groups that think they're helping people by, quote, feeding the homeless, when all they're doing is making the problem worse, you know, and they're not going to listen to somebody like me, but I don't see that it's ready to change, which tells me it's headed for catastrophe. There is going to be something it's going to be a very rude awakening, and it could be very violent and very dangerous. But I've got to tell you, those of you who live here in this town, it's not going to stay with an uneasy peace forever. So,
2: is that my cue to pipe in? I don't know. It's well, to- you know, one of the things we've heard from from local officials out on the street is that Lexington has become a destination and a drop-off point for other counties for the homeless because Lexington takes such good care of them.
1: But you're not taking care of them.
2: Well that it's all once again it's all sort of how you say something that makes it look pretty and like it's a, a generous thing to do but what's happening is it is an injustice and it doesn't Encourage anybody to um, make any changes. It kind of encourages them to stay in the the not so good state they're in of of homelessness. I don't know what the answer is, and and I know that um, Tom, you're you stop and talk to them um, on a regular basis. Uh, I've walked down the street with you, and they. I'm not are happy to see you coming yeah, but well, those, you're you're those trying to you're trying to learn about their plight. You're not just sitting in an ivory tower saying these homeless people are being fed and it's not right. That's not the way it is. oh well,
1: I'm I'm really these guys that I talk to are not being disorderly. they are they're just guys that hang out. They ain't got nothing going. one of them's a military veteran. I'm talking about these younger people that come in flying through making a lot of noise, basically almost no clothes on. I mean, there's there's different classes, and these are unruly fools.
2: Well, what I'm saying is you have invested time to learn of which you speak. So we're going to close this hour out. Our financial hour is coming up. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with our host, Tom Dupree. If you'd like to come see us and learn how your money can work for you, you can schedule an appointment directly on our website with Dupree Financial Group, dupreefinancial.com, and click on the book now button. We'd love to see you. We'll be back in just a few minutes with the financial hour. Stay tuned.